Welcome to the Books Talk podcast from Lincoln City Libraries. This program was recorded at the Bennett Martin Public Library on May 30th, 2019. Participants in the Just Desserts Mystery Discussion Group share a book series they have been reading. All right, uh, to open up our discussion, I'm going to cheat. I realized after having started a second book for the series Share Concept, as I was reading that book, I realized that the previous book I had just read fell perfectly into the series share concept. So I actually have two I'm going to talk about, but I'll make it brief on both of them. The one that I had read previously, and several other group members have mentioned that they've read it recently in, in, in recent months, because it has been out for about nine months now, is Anthony Horowitz's The Word is Murder. It is a contemporary mystery, uh, and it is what the hip kids today are calling meta. It, it's got so many layers of, of reality and, and not quite reality. It, it was just a fun read because it was not a traditional mystery. The author, Anthony Horowitz, is also the main character of the book. Uh, he basically is telling the tale as if this had actually happened to him in real life, and he peppers it with tons of descriptions of things that he's done career-wise in recent years. This is not set right at this very moment. It was set a few years ago. And he talks about having just been producing the World War II year eras of um, Foil's War, the, the TV series, which so many people absolutely adore. I, I've, I've hooked people on this book just by telling them, it's the guy who did Foil's War. And he talks about the making of Foil's War. Read it. Um, it's set right after he's done the World War II years of that and is debating whether to continue Foyle's War into the Cold War era. Um, and it, he also has just recently done a series, which actually is a real series, called Injustice for British Television. In the concept of this novel, a ex-cop, a disgraced ex-cop, who they had hired as a consultant for the TV series Injustice to give them advice on whether or not they were doing things procedurally correct, uh, contacts him and asks him for a meeting and then proposes that Anthony Horowitz, the author who is sort of between projects, should be tagging along with him on a new case that he is working on as a consultant to the, the police, which has some weird twists and turns to it. And he's thinking, basically, he tells Horowitz that this would be a big bestseller and we're going to split the profits 50-50, uh, which of course is nothing like what an author would normally do. But um, after an incident at a, a book signing um, in which he's accused of not having enough realism in his writing, Horowitz decides, oh, right, fine, whatever. The case sounds intriguing. It's of a woman who goes to a funeral parlor, a very officious woman who's very organized, um, gets everything organized for her funeral, and then is murdered six hours later that same day. Um, and um, the, the mystery component uh, intrigues Horowitz, the character, enough that he decides to take on this case. And it turns out that Daniel Hawthorne, this ex-cop, is an obnoxious, crude guy, but he's also brilliant. He really sees the details like Holmes does and things like that. Um, but he also has personality traits that are just infuriating. And the book is all about Horowitz trying to come to terms with whether or not he should continue doing what he's doing with, with Hawthorne and ultimately being unable to let go of it and being pulled farther and farther into the case. 
I loved this. This is one of the, my favorite mysteries that I've read in the last four or five years. Uh, and a sequel has already come out or is about to come out called The Sentence is Death. Um, I personally recommend this as an audiobook. I listened to it as a book on CD read by British actor Rory Kinnear. And he does a marvelous job of giving each of the characters a slightly different personality and voice. So if you're looking for something that's a twist on a traditional contemporary mystery, it's not a cozy by any means, it's not exactly an amateur detective, and it's not exactly a police procedural. It's got elements of all of those things. This was exceptionally well written, and I look forward tremendously to uh, future volumes in the series, which obviously has got a second, and I believe that there are plans for a third one um, in the pike as well. So, highly recommend that. Thumbs up for me on The Word is Murder, Anthony Horowitz, the first in the Daniel Hawthorne series. I can't exactly call it the Anthony Horowitz series because that just doesn't sound right. So the other one that I read, which I, um, I give middling uh, reviews to, is uh, Jude Devereaux, who is a, a romance author of all things, and I've never read any Jude Devereaux. I've read many romances over the years, but just never read anything of hers. And she tends to um, focus on historical romances. I mean, she's best known for Knights in Shining Arbor and things like that. Uh, so when I saw that she had done and this is actually the first in um, two so far and a third mystery coming, I thought, okay, she's got a contemporary mystery. Uh, it got relatively good reviews on um, Amazon and library thing and Goodreads. I'll give it a shot. Uh, I am reading, or I have almost finished, A Willing Murder uh, by Jude Devereaux. The main character is... Kate Medlar, a young woman who is looking for a challenger in her life. She has a, a real estate um, license um, and is looking for some place where she can put it to good use, um, but she's also trying to get away from some meddling family members who are um, very negative in her life and she just wants to try starting fresh. Um, her aunt, Sarah Medlar, is, gosh, a thinly disguised Jude Devereaux, a best-selling romance novelist who's living down in Florida um, and has a large rambling mansion-like house and is willing to put her up while she moves down to that neck of the woods to start a, a real estate career. Turns out when she gets there that she's also playing host to a young man um, about uh, Sarah's age uh, who is recovering from an automobile accident and has a banged up leg. Um, and so the three of them are living in this house. Uh, she starts to work for the local real estate agent who's doing a bang up job of revitalizing the small community in Florida where they're all living. And a house, a rundown house on the outside, in the, the wrong side of the tracks in town, has a gigantic poinciana tree in the backyard come down in a storm. And its roots come ripping up from the ground. And when people go to look and find out what happened, they discover two bodies tangled up in the roots. There were bodies that had been buried, and the poinciana had been um, planted on top of them, and it just spent the last 10 years growing. Uh, and so they begin to investigate that case, and it, it basically is like opening a can of worms on the local community. A whole bunches of people that want to keep things hidden, going back to high school rivalries and things like that. The mystery itself is not all that spectacular. It, it's relatively easy to figure out. But the characters are snappy. There's snappy dialogue. It's fun. It's fast-paced. If, if you are more driven by plots and, and well-thought-out uh, puzzles and things like that, this is not a book for you. If you like 
fun characters. Uh, the 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 romance author um, aunt is sort of like Jessica um, Fletcher if she also was like taking boxing lessons. She's just a, a hip a, a hip older lady. She and the the young couple uh, just have witty banter up the wazoo. It, it was a it's a fun read but it's one where you sort of turn your brain off and don't think too much about what you're reading. So I will give that a moderate thumbs up, um, but if you're looking for something that really makes a lot of sense, that's not necessarily the one to go with. But there, it, it is a series, if you end up getting hooked on the characters, the reviews on both Library Thing and Goodreads of this say, suffered through the first one. The second one's so much better. So uh, I have not done, <laughs> done that yet, but uh, I would recommend it, but with a middling review. I am Jody, and I read read the complete book of Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett and it's the first in a new series and the name of the series is Detective by Day and that's because the detective is Dana Anderson and she saw a billboard about a young woman who had been killed by um, a driver who it was a hit and run accident and so she wanted both the $15,000 reward so she could save her parents' house from going into foreclosure. And she also wanted to get justice for this young woman who was left dying in the street. It reminded me a lot of the Stephanie Plum books by Janet Ivanovich. And so it was a lot of fun. It's a, it's a character who used to be an actress and now she's very broke and um, has friends who are still involved in the nightlife and the glamour blogging and everything in Los Angeles. She talks about her discomfort of always going everywhere in high heels and having a very small bladder. <laughs> and um, yeah, just some some discomforts and, and misunderstandings. And it was a lot of fun. It was called the surprise hit of the season. And it did receive a lot of awards for um, first in the series. So she chases down leads, and she has paparazzi hotspots. She's assigned a number 1018, where she keeps calling the tip line. This is 1018, and the same woman chomping gum recognizes her time after time, every time that she calls and, and gives her tips. So um, her characters are, are, are real hoots, too. Besides the main character, Dana Anderson, she has one friend, Emmy, whose twin sister is a megastar the sister that she's friends with, Emmy, wants to stay alone and not be bothered anymore and just stay with her inside of her house that has several screens all over. And she has another friend who plans her day around what star is going to be at what location so that she can spritz herself with some alcohol combined with glycerin to look like she's sweating and time it so that she, it looks like she's coming out of the gym at the same time to be caught in the paparazzi pictures. So they're a hoot. And then after this one, Hollywood Homicide, which came out in August of 2017, then this one came out August of 2018, and it's called Hollywood Ending. And it is it starts off where she thinks, well, I, I was able to solve one crime. Maybe I can do this again. This time I'm really going to be a private, private eye assistant. And what begins is it seems like an easy case of a robbery gone wrong in an ATM machine she begins to realize that she's been set up with the tips she's giving and their people are reporting to her just people that they want to be turned in whether they were the the person doing it or not so it gives a backstage look into gossip blogging and the hollywood award shows and hollywood royalty so it is it is really funny and it's turning out to be 
just as funny as the first one. So it's a series that I'm hoping that they they write more in. Um, the author used to be one of the authors for the TV show Cold Case. And so she oh. bases these on a lot of the information that she got from her Hollywood world. Uh, I'm Joan, and I read a Borrowing of Bones. And if you're a dog lover, you will love this book. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Mercy is the main character. She's been shot in Afghanistan. Her fiance was killed, and he had a German Shepherd dog that was found the explosives, and he has PTSD. But his last words to her was, please take care of my partner. So she moves to Vermont in this wonderful cabin. She takes a dog for a walk one day and finds a baby in the bushes. So she calls the police and a game warden comes and that's the beginning of something. <laughs> it's just one mystery after another. She describes Vermont and I really wanna go there now because it sounds beautiful. The characters were wonderful. I, I loved them all. The ending was a little hokey, but I still give it a thumbs up. I'm Rayma, and I read, it's actually an established series by Betty Webb, who um, ditched a career as a journalist to take on mystery writing. And she's very well thought of by the... Um, reviewers in Mystery Scene magazine. So that's kind of how I found out about her. Uh, this particular series struck me as something that was kind of interesting, so I went with it. I couldn't find the first couple of books, so I went with the very last one, which was fortuitous because it kind of recapitulates her history and ties up a lot of loose ends. So with that in mind, this is called Desert Redemption. It's a Lena Jones mystery. And the backstory is that Lena Jones, who's probably now in her mid-30s, um, as a child, a four-year-old child, uh, was shot in the head and left for dead on a street in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, the people who found her got her to the hospital. She was able to survive this, but she has a very prominent scar on her forehead that, that uh, occasionally gives her some trouble. Uh, Lena Jones is a partner in Desert Investigations with her boyfriend, who happens to be, of course, a very handsome and smart Pima Indian. So, a little romance there. Uh, the story that this one centers on kind of hits home for Lena because she feels, through apparently some of the previous titles of this series, she feels that at one time she and her parents were connected with a cult. And she is asked by a very dear friend of theirs who happens to be a, a locally well-known artist and sculptor to find his wife. Um, the wife has run away from him several times. They are divorced, but he is absolutely besotted with the woman. And so Lena very grudgingly decides she's going to go visit this so-called cult. And it's um, interesting because she goes through a lot of the characteristics of cults and what they do and what they don't do, how you can tell whether you've got a really bad situation on your hand and things like that. And I found that very interesting. The cult is called Kanadi, and it's based on a lot of a mishmash of Native American things. Kanadi, I guess, is the Cherokee word for God, and they misinterpret a lot of Cherokee symbolism in this. 
the one thing that Lena is just really, really keen on is the fact that they have a French chef working for them, and she has gourmet meals every time she ends up having to go out there. So you get a description of these gourmet meals, too. But eventually, she figures out what the cult is all about and who is in charge of it, and that leads her to a revelation about herself, and I don't think I'll go into that because that's kind of a spoiler. But I recommend these. Uh, The thing that really kind of brought this up a notch for me was the fact that she admires Sue Grafton. She talks about, excuse me, going to an airport bookshop to find something to read for a long flight to California. And she's so pleased to find the very last thing that Sue Grafton ever wrote. And so she she waxes, you know, on about this and how wonderful Sue Grafton is. And I thought, well, that's a kind of a nice tribute to a fellow author. So that went up in my estimation. I would recommend this um, if you like things set in the Southwest and if you like uh, plots that tend to get a little convoluted but can be drawn together at the end, I think you will enjoy the Lena Jones Mysteries. I'm Sharon, and I read the first book in a series um, by Margaret Lashley called Glad One, um, Crazy is a Relative Term, book one in the Val Fredmaden mystery series. Val, or Valiant, is the main character. She is 45 years old, has been living in Europe, and has to come back sort of in disgrace back to her hometown area in Florida after her third divorce at age 45. So she's she's one of those lovable losers, somebody who you want to root for them, but they do so many stupid things in their life that you really wonder about them. Um, and she's at a very low point in her life. All of her friends have pretty much deserted her because she deserted them, all being in Europe all this time and hadn't been in touch with anyone. She is not close to her family, although they live nearby, and we find out more about her family later in the book. But she meets this woman on the beach, and this woman lays in her beach chair every single day. She describes her skin as leather-like. And um, this, is, this, this woman's name is Gladys, but everyone calls her Glad. And Glad gives very good advice, very... Um, timely advice and sort of you know put on your big girl panties and get on with your life and quit feeling so sorry for yourself and this kind of thing so glad sort of takes her under her wing and they become close friends but glad is very old and she suddenly dies and uh, val finds out that she doesn't know near as much about glad as she thought she did and so she decides there's no there's no murders or anything in this mystery she decides to try to solve the mystery of gladys and get some help from these other losers that she's met in the bar, these guys that don't work, that have multitude of problems, may or may not be completely homeless. So she does make friends with them, and I think it kind of opens her eyes about don't judge a book by its cover because these people that help her solve this mystery end up being really good people that are just also down on their luck, just like she's down on her luck. So um, it is the first um, book in a series of eight, apparently, and this one was published in 2017, so that's a lot of books in a short period of time. It's not deep thinking. It's it's fun. It's quick read. I think I read it in uh, just a couple of days, and I would recommend it, especially for something easy to read, and I will probably read uh, more books in the series. I am Cheryl, and I uh, read Orphan X um, by Greg Hurwitz, and it might be more of a 
thriller than a, <laughs> than a mystery, um, but I loved it. Um, he is Orphan X was an orphan, and it he this black off the books black ops part of the U.S. government found all of these orphans and trained them to be assassins, basically. And Orphan X, the series around this Orphan X, he is X in the series, so you know how many there were before him. And he becomes at some point disillusioned with being an assassin for the U.S. government, and he breaks away from it. And of course, that does not really go over well with the orphan program. And he becomes... Um, uh, the nowhere man and he has a phone number that he helps people at no cost to them uh, who have a serious problem that they have nowhere else to go to and that hence the nowhere man in the name of his phone number or the phone numbers and what I thought was interesting is there's kind of like a two two track on there because there's the the story about that he is trying to help this person who has no other resources, whether it's an immigrant, uh, a child, uh, you know, it, there's different, there are four books in this series, so there's different categories of help that he does. But then this other parallel is the orphan program and they're trying to kill him. And this one orphan um, is always, is kind of in charge of trying to find him and kill him. And you find out throughout there are four books to the series and you find out through these four books a lot about his backstory of when he was an orphan and then found by this program and mentored by this this person who becomes a father figure for him and then in in the most recent book um, he he also kind of becomes a father figure to another orphan who the program is now being dismantled but I like the two tracks of these stories because what's interesting, there's two tracks to them, but somehow they all they converge at a certain point, and the resolution for one story kind of is the resolution for the other story. And I thought that was interesting the way he does it. And they started in 2016. This is the first one. Orphan X is the first one. I gave it a thumbs up. I've read, you know, I've read all of them now. The most recent one, um, I just read this month, but um, they're really good. I liked them. My name is Kathy, and one of the books I read is called Murder, She Knit by Peggy Earhart, E-H-R-H-A-R-T. It's a knit and nibble mystery. <laughs> so I really went hardcore here. <laughs> Pam, who had moved to a small town in New Jersey, and she's like a fiber craft editor or editor of a magazine for, called Fibercraft so she can work at home and she also has a knitting group and they meet in people's different people's houses and they're meeting at her house. She runs into someone she used to know from where she lived before who'd been a big help. I think if I remember Peggy's or Pam's uh, husband had died and uh, this friend Amy Morgan had helped her a lot and so she invites Amy to come to the knit and nibble meeting and nobody shows or she doesn't show up and then she finds Amy Morgan's body under her bushes so obviously she, you know the woman got to her house and was killed with a knitting needle <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> you know uh, 
I read this a couple months ago, so you know I don't didn't go back and review it. I I liked it well enough, you know. It was not a great reading, but I would give it a thumbs up. And then I'm reading the Readaholics and the Perot Puzzle by Laura De Silverio. Now both of these people have read have written other series. This Laura De Silverio, De Silverio has written the Ballroom Dance Mystery Series, the Southern Beauty Shop Series, the Mall Cop Mystery Series. Uh, this is the second book in this series, uh, basically a book club mystery. Uh, and the main character, Amy Faye Johnson, and her book club are supposed to read Murder on the Orient Express. Then her brother, uh, is opening uh, a pub with, and he has a rather hot-headed partner, kind of a jerk. And of course, everything goes wrong, including the hot-headed partner ending up in the uh, dumpster, dead. You know, uh, I haven't gotten all the way done, and mostly I'm liking it. Although there are a few things, like I can tell you for sure, Amy Fay uh, has uh, copper-colored hair, and I know this because she's mentioned it several times already. <laughs> You know, I put my hair in a, my copper hair in a ponytail, or I'm wearing this outfit, which, you know, sets off my copper hair, and it's just like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you know, but generally, you know, again, it is not great writing or great stories, at least not so far, uh, but mostly I'm enjoying it, except for the part about the copper hair, copper hair, copper hair. My name is Ida. I read City of the Lost by Kelly Armstrong. It's a detective, and she is kind of by herself, doesn't have any family. She um, has a roommate who is an abused woman, and she is constantly being sought after by her ex-husband. She is working on a murder and has to go up into the backwoods of uh, Canada and finds out that there's a community but you have to go through a vetting process to get in and it kind of fits them and she wants to go to it because um, her roommate keeps getting um, attacked by her husband her ex-husband they both get in she actually has to buy her way in and as a detective she's the only detective there and they're very isolated they don't have any telephones, no um, TV, no electronics. There's only one way in and out, and it's kind of very isolated. There's a lot of woods around the area. She's the only detective there. There is a sheriff, and they end up starting to have murders, and so she you know, is the one who ends up solving the murders, and it's um, very good. A lot of mystery, a lot of um, intrigue. I, I enjoyed it. Um, this is one of four, and I would recommend it. It's, I liked it a lot. Hi, my name is Christy, and I'm going to like make a confession first thing. I, um, I did some research on what I wanted to read, and I found this book. It's called The Air Fair, and I love Jane Eyre, and I'm like, I'm going to read this book. And then I realized about halfway in, it was written a long time ago. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Scott, this is not a recent series. Well, please forgive me. I loved this. Uh, there's seven books in this series. It's the Thursday Next. She's a detective. Oh, yes. Thursday Next. 
Thursday next. She's absolutely charming. Um, I'm going to call this book, Scott, a police procedural with sort of a Harry Potter science fiction kind of thing happening, too. Anyway, it happens in an alternative universe in 1985, and the biggest crimes that happen are people are stealing works of literature. And so she is a, she's in this unit that studies these crimes of people stealing manuscripts. And someone has stolen the original manuscript of Jane Eyre. Stolen Jane Eyre, basically. And they go, yes, well, you're now just ruining it for me. (laughs) (laughs) That, That was Kathy for those listening on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. But yes, yes, um. Thursday next uncle, he he develops he calls it a prose portal, and the the evil villain named Hades takes steals the prose portal and goes back into Jane Eyre and steals Jane Eyre uh, for ransom. Um, so it's very very charming. You do have to sort of suspend, like if if you like things that are real life, don't read this book. But all the characters are incredibly charming and very quirky. Dodos are their pets. They've found a way to revive the dodos, so everybody has dodos as their pets. Um, and so I really highly, highly recommend this. And Scott, I'm glad to hear that you enjoy this. I agree. Every volume in that series is just a gem. Yeah, I can't wait to read the next one. Um, there's, I think I said there's seven, and the last one I think was written maybe seven or eight years ago. So the last one is kind of recent, maybe. But anyway, what I thought was, I did a little research, because I like to be like Scott in my time off. Um, So I did a little research on the author, Jasper Ford. Anyway, he was rejected 76 times before he found a publisher. And now they have Ford Fiestas, um, where people gather, and they talk about Ford's books, um, and they hold it in her... Thursday next hometown of Swindon, and they travel from all over the world to come and reenact the game show Name That Fruit. They do <laughs> Hamlet speed reading competitions and have interactive performances of Richard III. So who wouldn't want to go to that? Anyway, I give it I give it the big thumbs up. All right, I'm Ladina. Um, I missed the part about the new book series, but this series is new to me uh, because I started reading the Eve Duncan um, Iris Johansson series, and I'm on book 11 now, and I'm kind of finding myself falling off of the series a little bit because I get really into these characters that she develops. Like the first three books, there was a character named Sarah that had a cadaver dog, and I love that character, and that character has not been back. And then I get into these other characters, and they show up for about three books, and then they go away. And there's, like, a pattern now when I'm on book 11, and I'm like, okay, but this is the third book that this guy's been in, and I like him, and now he's going to fall off. So it's, I I really, really enjoyed um, the forensic sculpting as, as what Eve's character does, but I'm finding now that she does less and less of that. There's just too much going on, um, so it's kind of a half thumbs up. But I like it. I'd never read any of her stuff before. and But I, I do like the characters. It's just I fall, you know, like, oh, cadaver dog's cool. And then she hasn't been back since. So, Well, there's 26 books in the series. So I'm, I'm guessing that um, which the last one came out in March of 
this year, I believe, or maybe last year. But is there? So there's 27. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just wish if you introduced the characters that they would stick around for a little bit because there's a pattern. They get three books and then they're done. And then there's new characters, three books, they're done. It's, yeah. Hi, I'm Susie. Um, I chose Denise Swanson's uh, Chef to Go mystery. Um, it is the first in the series and it's called Tart of Darkness, and it was published in 2018. And it's a, definitely a cozy. I can't tell you the name of the initial characters. I can tell you that um, the lady inherits a Victorian mansion. She hires young college girls to help her with her chef to go. Uh, they board there, and then they help her as part of their rent uh, with her chef to go business. And um, there's a little bit of uh, feminism in there, which is kind of fun because some of them are over the top and whatever, and that, that's enjoyable. But it was good. I, I liked it well enough that I went and I picked something else by Denise Swanson uh, from the Scumble River Mysteries called Murder of a Small Town Honey. So obviously it was enjoyable enough reading that I would go and pick something else that she had written. But yeah, I'd give it a thumbs up. It was <laughs> not deep. <laughs> but it was enjoyable. Um, my name is Fira, and I was drawn to uh, my new series uh, by the fact that it's a canine mystery. And uh, I love reading about uh, trained dogs and am fascinated by their intelligence. I think we underestimate the intelligence of all animals, and I, we're getting more understanding as we study them, but um, it's written by Margaret Mizushima, and it takes place in Colorado and in um, an area that really does exist called uh, Redstone Ridge. It's high in the mountains, and there are a lot of horses in it also. Uh, the major char character is Maddie Cobb, and Robo is her uh, canine companion. There's a, a personal mystery that goes with the series. There are four of them so far. The first one was called Killing Trail. The personal mystery is her family. Her father was imprisoned uh, when she was five, and her mother's an alcoholic and disappeared. So she was raised by a local woman called Mama Kay. Maddie is part Mexican, her father was white, and that story carries through all of the four books so far, so you really have to read that first because the, the personal story is just as important as the mystery she solves. Robo is is absolutely fascinating character too. He's just um, so empathetic and, and uh, responds to her emotional needs as well. He's trained to track by scent. And I didn't realize there were so many different kinds of training, cadaver dogs, scent dogs, a, a number of other things. So, and she explains quite a bit in the book about how, how you train them and, and the importance of each step and, and why they do it. And I found it absolutely fascinating. I've read all four of her books, and I think there's another one coming up. I would give it uh, two thumbs up. <laughs> 
My name is Don, and I'd like to thank Cheryl for taking the wind between my wings. <laughs> well, I'll just expand a little bit well, on just this. Just Kathy didn't read it. Do I? <laughs> well, the author, Greg Hurwitz, is a screenwriter, TV producer, and a comic book author. And that's, I was hoping Elisa would be here because in January when I was here, she was, her son was upset that Stan Lee passed away. Well, he's working on a screenplay adaption of Orphan X starring Bradley Cooper. And he writes for Marvel and DC Comics. It includes Batman and Dark Knight. But I got involved in this series because Scott printed out, if you like, this author, you'll like this author, and he's written at least 25 novels, of which I've read 15 of them. But she mentioned that he has this 185552 nowhere number that Evan smoked that smoke that people can call. But he does extensive research because he doesn't want to walk into a trap where they'll kill him. And in the fourth book, Orphan a Orphan Y. They're both trained equally as assassins, and so they're equally matched. And you begin to wonder at the end of that book, right, who's going to win out? Well, obviously, I think there's going to be a book five because Evan Smoke has to survive that. So I really enjoyed this, and I would give this uh, two thumbs up also because it, it has what I like is action. It's got... Uh, killing and stuff like that. No, no serial killers in here, though, except they are assassins. So, And has anybody read the Jane Hawk series by Dean Koontz? There's five books in the series. I won't talk, I think I talked about the first one uh, last fall because the last book, he ended the series. And I was really, I was telling. Linda, that I was really surprised because I thought that would continue. But if you're interested in a really, really good series, start at the beginning. And it's by Dean Koontz, and it isn't like some of his or Stephen King's novels where you, oh my God, you know, he's going to be sucked in the computer or something like that. <laughs> but they're very good. And I would highly recommend this series and this author. Hi, I'm Linda. Well, I was going to read Like Lions by Brian Panowich, and it said there in the Goodreads not to read that one until you've read the first one, which was Bull Mountain. And the copyright on that was 2017. So I read Bull Mountain, and then this did not come as soon as it was supposed to. It's a really popular book. So Bull Mountain won, I have to tell you what the awards are because that always amazes me. Bull Mountain was a Los Angeles Times book first prize finalist, an ITW Thriller Award winner for best first novel, a Southern Book Prize winner, and a finalist for both the Anthony and the Barry Awards. The interesting thing about this is it is geared to the area where it is written in Georgia. It's in the mountains, and it goes in and out of time periods. It goes in and out of who's narrating it. But it is always a surprise. And there's lots of killing. So if you don't like people, you know, getting their throats slit and things like that, and don't read that. 
but the really cool thing is is there's always a twist and a turn and the mystery is at the end where you really find out who everybody is I mean I can't tell you that <laughs> and you really if before you read like lions you really need to read Bull Mountain first so out of this family that are like the mafia of the Appalachians <laughs> running methamphetamines and you know illegal everything and having lots of guns and shooting lots of people there his the youngest son ends up being the good guy except he's not a good guy he's I mean he's warped he's a good guy but he is warped and one of the things I thought about with this is you know we always say that we like the character the main character to have some problems well, let me tell you, this little <laughs> sheriff has some problems. Has some problems. And it makes things more interesting, I think, because he is very, well, he's very different. So um, they read really fast, I will say that, if you can get a hold of them. Bull Mountain you can get a hold of, but like Lions, I just really had a Dickens of a time getting a hold of that. And it was on Goodreads. I mean, it's been, it's been really one of their top books. So I would give it, again, I would give it two thumbs up because I thought they were really good, but you kind of got to like killing. Question, question. I'm looking them up and they're not identifying them as a series. Is it part of a series? Or? Well, it is because this picks up where this one leaves off. Really? Okay. And you have a sheriff and you have murders and okay. you have a mystery. So I figured cool. it's a series to me. <laughs> I'm Tram and I read Andrew Cartmel's the Vinyl Detective, which I couldn't find. <laughs> it was released in 2016. Apparently there's four in the series, but the library only had two, so I only read the first two. It's about this guy. It's set in contemporary today's time, and this guy is a big record fan, you know, vinyls. <laughs> and I know nothing about that, and I really didn't care, but this made me care. <laughs> so this is actually very well written. The guy, he's kind of a um, single guy, and this is his hobby in his life. So he's kind of a little bit maladjusted in that way, but you kind of root for him. But anyway, he gets asked to find a very rare record, and that's all he does is he goes to thrift stores or different, you know, and finds old jazz records, or that's kind of his, his specialty. And he can hear really well, you know. Of course, there's big fans of vinyls who say you can tell the difference between, you know, vinyl and CD and and all this, and so it goes into all that. But anyway, his card is that he'll find a record for you. So then he gets hired by a mysterious person who has like a female stand-in who, who interacts with him, kind of buffers from this, this mysterious guy who wants to find a very rare record. So he goes hunting, and then he sees these people who keep showing up right in front before him to look for the record as well. He, he figures out that they're looking for the same record, and then he finds out a little bit later they start shooting at him because they don't want him to find the record. So now it's a mystery, you know. It's not just him trying to find this specific record. So anyway, it's very interesting. The, the first one is called uh, the Vinyl Detective series, but it's called Written in Dead Wax. And the second one is the Run Out Groove, which apparently, I did not know this, is, you know, in the record there's a middle section there, and when it's done, apparently you can still hear what's inside. It's written in this, the, the center section. So the, the second mystery is, there was a, a record that's missing 
that they only made one copy of that had something secret in that section. He's trying to find it, and then, of course, when he finds it, he listens to it and figures out a mystery. So I like it. Did you notice in the reading of it, he never has a name? No, he doesn't. It's You're right. Bizarre, but in all the books, he's never named. Yeah. He's always referred to, but he's never addressed by huh. name. He doesn't have a name. It's just no. crazy. Are there more in the series? Yes, there's four in this series. Three have been published in the U.S. and a fourth in the U.K. And oh, and you I will, I will make sure the you library gets the third that. one. Okay, good. No, no, not the third one. And then the, the third one's called Victory Disc, and the fourth one's called Flip Back. So I would highly recommend Andrew Cartmel. Oh, he uh, was a writer for Doctor Who. <laughs> and what, not the whole series, just a section of the series. So. Um, I'm Jenny, and um, I don't know how many of you might have read a book before by Ellie Griffiths. Does that sound familiar to anybody? She has a series um, about Ruth Galloway, who's an archaeologist and ends up um, using her knowledge to do a little bit of forensic anthropology. They're really nice books. They're kind of low-key, though, kind of like the Midsummer Murders mm -hmm. DVDs, you know, they kind of go along. And, and this is a perplexing author to me because her Ruth Galloway series is very good, but she has another series called Magic Men that's just awful. And I don't <laughs> understand. I'll never understand how they go. But now she started a third one, and it's kind of intriguing. Um, she's trying, I think, to be a little bit different. And uh, her character's name is uh, Hardinger Carr, K-A-U-R. She lives at home with her family, but she's a, a very good detective, and the, and the work is very important to her. I think her family is, is Asian or Chinese, so she's very involved in, in her culture and her community, but she's also, like I said, a homicide detective. And the interesting thing, one of the interesting things about the books is um, every little section has a different narrator. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's her. Sometimes it's the killer, sometimes it's the victim. But I'm not used to that change of perspective. You kind of go, whoa, who's talking now? But uh, it's, if, you like, if you like a kind of a gentle um, <laughs> mystery, I would recommend Ellie Griffiths. Oh, and there's one more. Since he's not being too stern about starting dates, I came across the book <laughs> I really like. Deborah Harkness as a trilogy. Um, and the first one is called The Discovery of Witches. I just read the first one, and there's two more to go. But this is the closest thing to Harry Potter that I've come across in all these years. And um, I do like a really um, a story about witches, and it has a very hot vampire in there, which is quite <laughs> intriguing. So well worth your time. <laughs> I'm Marley, and um, I read the first in a series by David Balducci, The Long Road to Mercy. The uh, person in charge is Atlee Pine, and she's a FBI agent. Mercy was the name of her sister, and they were twins. And at six years old, a uh, guy came through their bedroom window and did eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and took her sister, and they've never found her yet. And um, he punched her, that her, her skull was broken. Her parents were in another room drugging and drinking it up, and, and the mother came in and found her with her face covered and, and taped and everything, and she was in the hospital for a long time. And her, they kept thinking the father was involved, and finally he committed suicide, and uh, her mother is still a mess. And so she became an FBI agent, and she's um, stationed in the Grand Canyon area. And she was down in the bottom of the canyon, 
and they found a mule that was mutilated and initials carved and and it's uh, becomes very long and she has this sidekick secretary that's really fun and um, they go on a road trip to Washington DC then it became politics it's it's very political and the Americans have actually hidden a Russian nuke in the Grand Canyon and she ends up finding it and and all these people are after the good guys <laughs> are after because they don't want it out and so it's pretty interesting I it's about North Korea and Russia and and Russia and America against North Korea and of course Russia's really stabbing us in the back and and so it's kind of interesting um, I don't like politics but I like the character and I liked the story so this is the first one so I'll read the next one when it comes out and with that, I thank everybody for participating in our 2019 series share. Uh, I hope somebody uh, heard something that um, they are intrigued enough by that they will pursue it on their own. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Lincoln City Libraries. You can find a wide selection of our podcasts of book talks and other programs at lincolnlibraries.org slash category slash podcasts. Mm-hmm.